Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women. I am Gemma Serenity, your host, and today, coming from the UK, here is Steffi Andrews. She's a UK-based mom of one, full-time photographer. She helps mainly women to shine in their photography, stand out, and get visible with every single flaw they have by turning their flaws into assets through photography. She publishes storytelling images. Today's topic is going to be totally on point with her story, shining light on your authenticity, turning your flaws into assets. Welcome, Steffi. Very happy to have you here. Very happy to be here. Thank you. All right. So my first question is, as always, (laughs) can you walk us through the big events of your life in a super short version, a five minutes version, so that people feel that they know you or they have an idea of what kind of obstacles you have overcome in your life. Yes. Thank you. I come from a very loving family. I have grown up with very happy parents. I've grown up with my sister, my brother. There was always love in the family. It was always... Yeah, relationship, family, love, happiness. We did a lot as children. We were very well looked after. And when I grew up, I guess I wanted to have the same. I wanted to have the love, the family that was shown from my parents. Um, But I didn't get very lucky with the guys. I was always the, 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 the... mate rather than the girlfriend you know because men always saw me as as somebody they can get along with but they never wanted to enter a relationship that went on for many 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 years Um, I had a long-term relationship which broke apart but um, my real trouble started really when I met um, the man that I married and yeah, within five minutes, it's uh, not easy to explain, but we went very quickly. I've met him, we started a relationship, um, everything was fine. We um, went out a lot, we had lots in common, we talked a lot, we had a lot of fun. But very, very early in my relationship, um, I think it was just under six months in my relationship, I noticed that he drank a lot. Oh. Mm-hmm. So whenever we had an occasion, we had, whenever we had dinner, there was always alcohol involved and a lot of alcohol. And very quickly into the relationship, there were situations where things turned, where he was fine for a certain amount of alcohol and then that one glass too many turned him into a not so pleasant person. So that went on for a while, and obviously I was taken aback thinking, you know, what am I doing? Is this going to continue? Will this be like this all the time? Is there anything bad? And then other things started to spiral and to happen. So there were lots and lots of incidents. Um, One of the worst being um, a daughter that he had that died um, from a condition called cot death. When you find a baby asleep in in in, in bed in the car, oh, so I grieved with him, and every year he um, 
drank a lot when it was the Memorial Day of the child. But after a certain amount of, of time, I started to have doubts in my head thinking, this doesn't add up. He grieved last November, but the year before he grieved in May. And the year before I could swear it was December. It just didn't feel right. And I started to have doubts in my head. So I always asked him things like, so how did it happen? Where did it happen? He would never go into detail. Not that much anyway. Always, always said to me, don't ask my parents. It will upset them. And when did you ask your parents? I never did. Oh, maybe you should. Yeah, it took me a long, long time to find out over the years that the child didn't exist. He made her up. Oh, wow. Mm. So, yeah, there was a big part where now I know years later he needed the sympathy, the the feeling sorry for him because that was a big part of his personality. And things she just made went. up a child who died in her sleep as a baby. Yes. He made that up. And I only know that he made that up because obviously after I left him years later, he had a new partner and the new partner contacted me one day via text message and said, I'm thinking about you today, love. And I said, why? What's today? And she said, is the day, is the Memorial Day. What do you mean? And she said, of your daughter, my daughter. So he told her the same story with a different name of the child, but said that it was our child that passed. So he obviously continues to share the story. But no, she didn't exist. Did. That's that's troubling. Very, it's very disturbing because I always wondered why would anybody make up something that bad. But that that's not where it stopped. He he lied about many many other things. Mm -hmm. So, so if, if we would sum up your experience with abuse, especially domestic abuse, mm -hmm. there is being emotionally abused like yelled at put down um belittled um gaslighted and everything did you experience all of that yes so all of it really all yeah, in all it. yeah, all yeah. In it's over time it's never everything the same day no there is uh, being like hit and beaten up which is easier to show and much faster to heal did you get hit physically as well? Yes. Uh, there is economical abuse where you are stuck financially because he controls absolutely everything, especially every movement you may do. For me, it was not so much the financial control. Okay. It was other ways of control. So it was going out, having friends. Okay. Um, so you, you, you were kept isolated from all these, all your social network, the real people who cared about you. 
they they wouldn't come to visit us because he he had a nasty streak and people around me were able to see that i mm-hmm. didn't mm-hmm. maybe i did i don't know um so people didn't feel comfortable around him they always felt a bit intimidated by his presence so over time people around us fade away come to us they faded away and he Mm -hmm. never had friends which i found really strange at the beginning but he always had an excuse why he didn't have friends okay all right so all of that you can relate understand and all of that is your experience but you still got a child because you're a mom of one so you got a child with that specific man or another one and this child is well alive yeah beautiful lives with you he's a wonderful child (laughs) (laughs) wonderful all right my next question is what has been the shift? Because at one moment in time, there is a shift and nothing will ever be the same anymore. You are changing from a complete person to a different complete person. And there is one moment it's like, I cannot do that anymore. Enough is enough. I'm no victim anymore. He can do whatever he wants. It is not my business. I'm out. What happened? for you i have two moments the first one was the one when i actually left and that was triggered by my child my child grabbed me one day put his hands here in my face and just whispered to me and said i tell daddy not to shout at you anymore my four-year-old boy was aware of what was happening around me and i always thought i shielded him from it but i didn't That was the moment when I decided I'm leaving to protect my child. But I didn't completely leave. So I I continued to feel responsible for my ex-partner. I helped him find a flat. I helped him buy furniture. I helped him find a job because I felt I gave my vows when I married him. I felt I had to do that. But his abuse continued mainly verbally by text message making me feel guilty, calling me all names under the sun, that I left him, that I broke up the family. It went on for a good few years and I was never free, free from him after leaving him. And the breakthrough came a good few years later when really one day I I just got strong. I just said, that's it, no more. You cannot hurt me, no more. And I told him for the first time and all the time I stood up and said, you will not hurt me any longer. And he was taken aback. He couldn't believe that I actually spoke up to him. And he continued a little while longer, but he couldn't get to me anymore. And he couldn't hurt me anymore. And uh, he gave up. Took a long time, but he gave up. That is a very important one. What gave you the strength to speak up and say, no more, it's over, I don't play that game anymore? It's really difficult to explain because for a long, 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 long time, I felt guilt. I felt responsible for breaking up my family, for breaking my vows that I made 
when I married him, in good and in bad times. Now I'm not a big believer of wedding vows anymore. I don't think it should be in good and bad times. It should only yeah. be in times. And it's really difficult to explain. I think by being alone and by learning to love myself again, the more I loved myself, the more I accepted myself just who I was with all the flaws that I had, I became stronger mentally, physically. Emotionally. Emotionally, yes. So by building your self-love, your self-confidence, your self-esteem, you have come to a point where the abuse became unacceptable because yes. it went against your values, against what you believed was true. And a few years later, after healing, so basically during all these first years, you went through your own healing process. It's a mm -hmm. long process, but it works. And you still had contact with him and still let yourself be abused in some way or another. And, but still working on yourself. And at some point, you had worked enough on yourself to be able to say enough is enough. Yes. That's Definitely. beautiful. It's important. Very important. And if I look back, I sometimes used to say before I met him, I was a strong, independent woman, but I don't think I was because I wanted to, to find love and a family when I was younger. I always had the picture perfect family in my head. I was vulnerable. I wasn't strong and independent. I put myself in a vulnerable position to accept something that is stronger than my self-love. I always found fault when I was younger. I'm not, you know, I'm not slim enough and I'm not as pretty as other girls or I'm not clever enough to have this job. Only years, years later, after experiencing all that, I turned it around and I looked into everything I have achieved, raising my child on my own, the jobs that I used to have. I was really strong and I was an independent woman, but I didn't know that and I didn't see that. Now I do. And that really helped me to break free from him because, you know, now I know that I don't need anyone to make my life good apart from myself. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. I know how many people are relating to you right now and really feel the same way. Mm. Thank so you many. for exactly thank you for speaking up. You are right now taking making pictures and sharing pictures of these feelings, these emotions, these um self-love yeah and that is gorgeous yeah I get excited by flaws I get excited when women come to me or men come to me and say oh I can't be photographed because and then they tell me what the insecurity is but I don't see those insecurities the way they do when when I have I mainly photograph women in business who have really overcome a lot of issues and a lot of uh, things themselves and uh, they still find it difficult to get out there and be visible and say they say oh no I'm not good enough or 
you know, what if people judge me or criticize me and I've put on weight or I've aged. But all I see when I look at them is power, strength and kindness, fun, everything that they are. And when I work with them, I try and put that into my photography. I try to photograph their personality quirks and everything that's beautiful about them. You know, mm. there's, noth there's nothing prettier than a black and white portrait of a woman or a woman with lots of wrinkles in her face. They show life and they show stories. I love it. It gets, it gets uh, me excited. That's amazing. And the other part that you mentioned to me as well is that you do photography through Zoom, through video in, in, in inter interactions. I mean, that opens up a whole new market, the world. Yeah, it's a virtual photography. So it, it got developed through the pandemic because photographers could not go physically out anymore. And there were very clever people who developed this system that I do the photography from my laptop through the phone of a person all across the world. And uh, I still edit it and I still tell the people where to stand, how to pose, where the light is best and, you know, come up with creative ideas. And it works really well. And uh, so I've got clients in Ohio and America. I've got a client in Madrid and Spain, one in France and Paris. So, yeah, it's really interesting. It's amazing. It's amazing. That is really cool. So when we are turning our flaws into assets it's like you know my little wrinkles here you know my little perks and things and you're here you know what that is beautiful i'm here ah uh, yes and then all the wrinkles disappear because i'm just like amazed by all the all the mm. different um all the different uh eye all the different look you threw on on me or on someone yeah it's amazing you know i have flaws myself i have a big chin by here and i used to have to hide it all the time or don't photograph this way or don't photograph that way but now this is a big part of i've got no thyroid as you can see my thyroid has been removed and i remember being in hospital and my my little boy was so little and he was with me and i was strong i survived i didn't have cancer this is all part of it. I've got a scar right by here. You know, this doesn't go as easily anymore as it should. So what? It's part of me. It tells a big story of what happened throughout my life. And I am what I am. Yes. There are a few tribes in Africa that I have noticed. Their mm -hmm. thing is to scar themselves on the face somewhere for the pride of carrying his car. And for them, it is a serious asset to attract the woman of their lives. Yeah. Yeah, I often hear women really talk bad about themselves and they always point out flaws that they have. Oh, yes, that's the first thing. That's amazing. You know, yeah, it's almost like they apologize. Oh, by the way, I'm so sorry, but my hair is not right. Or I'm so sorry, my skin is a bit blotchy this week. And I always think, why are they apologizing to me? You know, I wouldn't have known the difference if I meet you and you've got bad skin. I wouldn't know that you normally don't, don't have bad skin. But what I'm really interested in is you and 
you telling your story or your laughter or your humor or you know that's what I would see and I think we're all the same we all see the good things in people but we still feel like we have to share our flaws all the time and I need I think it needs to stop I think women need to be proud of who they are yes Yes, because it's a question of self-love. When you learn to love yourself the way you are, and you understand that you are enough the way you are, you don't need to do or be or, or have anything else than what you currently are, do and be. I think it's right. Are, do, and have. <laughs> then it's like, oh, if I am enough, and then you just focus on something else. And you, I mean, with your photography, you choose where you put your focus on. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, the, and we, we do the same internally. We choose what we put our focus on. I remember when I, I just left 15 years of domestic violence. I was like a zombie because I was ready to suicide, to commit suicide. So I was that low, that low uh, of a mental state. And uh, this is about the time when I met Sasha a couple of weeks before. And um, when I started my healing journey with Sasha quickly after, one of the first thing was, okay, put yourself in underwear in front of the mirror and tell me what you see. Mm -hmm. I was so harsh on myself. Yeah. That was so horrific to hear. And I remember that the first big exercise was, okay, put a heart, put a hand on your heart, put a hand on your belly and tell yourself that you promise that you will love and respect her no matter what as of now on. And I was there, huh, I cannot do that. Absolutely. It took me a while to get to that point. I think, Gemma, the problem I, ha I think we have in life is that we too much value the opinion of other people about ourselves. We always think we need to be picture perfect. There was a time, when I look back to my domestic violence, um, you know, and I can share it with the audience. I got photographed by my ex-husband on the beach on a family holiday in a bathing suit. I was a happy-go-lucky woman. I was a bit chunky, but you know, I like I like my food. I didn't really it didn't really bother me. But he published me on online on lots and lots of selling pages on Facebook as a hippo that's for sale. It must be caged. So he put a warning against the, the, the photograph saying it is a hippo for sale, but it must be caged. And I was published all over the world on Facebook as a hippo for sale. And it caused me to believe, is this how people see me? Do they see me as a hippo? Do they look at me and see this big woman? And it caused me to really have a problem with food and my body for many, many, many years, many years. It was one of the worst ordeals that I've experienced in my marriage. And now where I accept myself just the way I am, I would sit on any beach in any bathing suit 
and I wouldn't care what other people think when they see me. And now I believe if you don't like the look of me the way I am, I'm sure you'll get past it within the next 10 seconds and move on. I just want to sit on a beach. I want to have a nice time. I want to see the world. And I still want to eat cake. <laughs> so it is what it is, you know? But it is how we think other people see us that holds us back from loving ourselves. Doesn't matter what other people think of you. As long as you love yourself, as long as people around you love you, it's all that matters. Hmm. Body shaming is really something that is widespread and we are the first oneself, ourselves. We are the first responsible for that. But indeed, as soon as we judge others openly, in a way that is not helping, but just like pointing out that's work, that doesn't work, that doesn't work, that doesn't work. Okay, can you please focus on what works and what is beautiful and what is gorgeous? And maybe it's not so bad. Maybe it's important to be a little bit large and what's problem? There is no problem, excuse me, but it, being beautiful is not a question of what size or what idea. And then the other thing, I, I watched a documentary that looked at all the picture-perfect beauty of all the uh, uh, countries in the world and all the decades, one after another. Mm. It is mind-blowing because the number of difference there is between all these different ideal, quote-unquote, of beauty, it's completely, I mean, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. It's not something objective. Absolutely. You know, I don't find every single thing I see or every person that I see beautiful and attractive initially because it's just an outer shell. Once I get to know people, though, I see things, you know, that I didn't see before. And I, I feel really sorry for the teenagers these days. My, my son is now a teenager and um, picks out his flaws all the time. His hair color, his, his height, you know, maybe I should do this to look good or maybe I should do this and the girls would like me. It's mind blowing. And you think, where does that come from? It doesn't come from the house, from the home, because, you know, we constantly teach him that he's great just the way he is. But it's the society around him where people, especially children these days, really don't think that they are enough. And we need to do a lot more work for them to accept themselves. One of the things I discovered and I starting, started to do recently is tapping meditation. And one of the tapping meditation like EFT when you, when you tap on those meridians, very slowly, very gently um, throughout your face and on your collarbones. Uh, it has, I have done a lot of this, uh, you are enough uh, challenge. I think it's yeah. the tapping solutions and uh, the app. And um, that little meditation is like a 15, 18 minutes meditation per day that has 
really helped reshape because in that um, guided meditation, there is a moment when it said, it said um, and you know what? Even if I did not exercise today, even if I did not eat as I should today, even if I did oversleep tomorrow, this morning, I am still enough. And that's there. Is that right? Yes, I am still enough, even if I did not do all that I wanted to do. Oh, even if I do not have all that I wanted to have, and I'm still enough. Oh, and that has really, really decreased the pressure, the internal pressure I have put on my shoulder of wanting to be or to do or to have something else and still finding that I still don't have and it's so upsetting and frustrating and you stay in the frustration instead of welcoming it. So what mm -hmm. I think for your child is maybe to train him to say and to think and to feel I am enough. Even if I am not at the taste of this specific girl, I am enough and I am great. And if it's not her, it's someone else. When I think back to my childhood, I will never forget my brother. I've got an older brother and we used to have an attic upstairs where he lived. And in the little bathroom, there was a body lotion bottle standing in front of the mirror. And I remember that he drew on there with a permanent marker, I am beautiful. Back then I laughed, I found it comical. Why does he say that? Why did he write that on the bottle? And now I think, wow, you know, what a great message. He just taught himself at a very, very young age that he is beautiful and that he is definitely enough. And uh, back then I laughed about it. I didn't think that was a thing that you should tell yourself that you are enough and that you are beautiful. Now affirmations is a big, big part of my self-love journey and a big, big part of leaving my abusive relationship is to look at everything that I do well, everything that I do great, everything that I am, instead of concentrating on the negative things, you know? So I used to think, how can I leave him? I've got nowhere to go. I would have to start again. You know, all these questions of doubt, what happens if I leave this relationship? I will break up my marriage. I will break the vows that I made. I will have to find a new place to live. I have to financially support myself. It was all negative, where instead I should have concentrated on what will happen when I leave them. I will find myself again. I will be pain-free. I will not be put down. I will be financially independent. I will find somebody new who will love me one day. I will wear whatever I want to wear and not being told what not to wear or what to wear. I don't have to wear all this makeup. I can just be as plain as I want to be instead of saying all the things that might not happen or will be bad when I leave them. I should have really told myself all the good things that would come instead. I think that is one of the main takeaways for our audience. 
think about all that will go when all all the hurt you will not have anymore because you can choose for yourself all the greatness all the freedom all the the breath of fresh air all the all the, the freedom to not be isolated anymore and to reconnect with all your friends and your families and your and your your, your people you had before before the abusive marriage and i will not sugarcoat it it won't come straight away it no. is a process it is. But when you get there you will knock your back only for never anymore life is so good it is it is you know it is and this is what this is what i love by doing this podcast is really to have conversation to to share how good life is now to understand each other to mention the abuse that has been but it's all it was it has been it's over and there is a way after the abuse there is a wonderful life after the abuse if you give yourself permission to experience it so then the big question is do you want to just like stick to your vows or do you want to have a good life do you want to be happy now and if yes well probably you have to do something about that yeah vows only mean something when it comes from both sides Yes. I can't stick to my vows if the other person does not stick to his. Okay. And, you know, they only mean something if both people really stick to it and say, yes, we treat each other equally and we treat each other with respect. Mm-hmm. But as soon as one person does something against your love and against your respect, that's where it should end. We take far too much. We take too much and far too long. Mm-hmm. all right Stephanie. thank you so so much for being here today thank you for sharing your story with us sharing your wisdom shining your light on your authenticity and mine with it mm-hmm. and turning all our flaws into assets which is exactly what we do here exactly thank you absolutely love this conversation thank you so so much If you can can hear the tipper-tap, I apologize. This is the young lady that was with me through the entire, entire marriage. And she's still here. Oh, it is a little dog. Amazing. She was with it from day one. And she has overlived and outlived every expectation. That's gorgeous. That's gorgeous. Thank you for sharing her with us. What breed is, is she? She's a miniature schnauzer. Gorgeous. She's very old, older than she's expected to be. And that is because we're in a happy life now. <laughs> exactly. That helps a lot. <laughs> and I had to pick her up because she was walking on the laminate flooring. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Thank you very much. Have an amazing day. Thank you. You too.